Sports Station 104.3 The Band presents Stokely and Zach. NFL cut down day came and went. And we're still sort of picking up the pieces after the fact. Uh, as, you know, we talk about like a fluid situation. NFL cut down day is almost like the definition of a fluid situation. That you think the roster's set, it's not. A thousand guys plus are spilling into the street, um, evaluating this versus that. So the last 24, 24 hours has been uh, pretty interesting, to, to, to say the least. And then you would say the next 24 hours as well, we should keep our, our eyes and ears open, Stoke? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to continue to uh, be a very fluid situation, right? And, you know, the questions being asked are, you know, do we feel like that guy over there that just got cut by the Ravens is better than, you know, our cornerback that we have on our roster? And so, obviously, during the season, you see a turnover there, especially with the last four or five guys on your roster, whoever they may be. You know, backup cornerback, backup safety, uh, backup offensive lineman, where you're just kind of rotating through and you're, t- you're, you're, you're continuing to evaluate your guys. And those guys not, might, might, might not be playing, but you're evaluating them in practice. Right. And so and then you, you might have your eye on another guy that's on a guy on a team's practice squad and say, we want to evaluate him up close and see what he looks like um, in our organization uh, with our defensive offensive coordinator and our schemes. And so that will continue to obviously happen. So especially with the back end of the roster, that's what you do. George Payton is the only one that does that. Right. Uh, you know, like, excuse I, me. Yeah. Excuse no, me. I, I know. I know a lot of people try to tell us that's, you know, no one. I mean, no one. Works the back end of the roster, roster like George Payton, right? <laughs> uh, but no, everyone does. Okay, that's just what teams do. Exactly. You know, everyone actually, every general manager. I mean, like now, I mean, like the, the, some media members are trying to make us think that like all the rest of the general managers went on vacation now. Yeah, they were done doing their job. You know, they're, they're getting paid millions of dollars, and they don't care about the back end of the rosters like we do here. It, it's, it, it's, it's it can be funny it, the framing of things. It, yes, it um, can. Here on this show, we just keep it real. We keep it one hundred. Let the chips fall where they may. Um, here is George Payton. This is general manager of the Denver Broncos on Sean Payton and his staff's ability to evaluate what they're looking for. I mean, with Sean and his coaching staff, it's easy to evaluate for them. It's, it's easy for scouts because they have a they have a vision, a clear vision on what they want at every position. And so from the day that Sean arrived, you know, we talked about every position. Once he got the staff, we had the scouts. So we, we visit every day. Every day during training camp, we meet. We talk with the coaches. I think it's really important for our scouts to sit in coaches' meetings. Um, you know, if we don't know what they want, we can't build it. And we can't know, you know. We don't know what to look for, and so it's really important we're experts in everything. And Sean is is so open, um, such a great communicator, as all the coaches. So it's 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 pretty clear what we're looking for. Okay, I, I you know, um, I hear a lot of talking, and I just I just need to see results. Kind of where I'm at, Zach. You know, this is his third coach, and and so I just want I just want to see I just want to see you know some of these free agents play well. I want to see some of these pickups play well. I want to see some of these draft picks play well. And that, that that's really it. You yeah. know, he's going to say all the right things and, and all of that, which is great. Um, I just want to see results. That's that's kind of 
I think that's, that's where I'm at with listening to George Payton. It's like, okay, I, I remember you telling me, you know, the reason you came here was Vic Fangio. And then you're the one that hired the disaster of Nathaniel Hackett last year, right? We can't forget that. So now we're on the third coach that he's been with, and we've seen a lot of – obviously there's mistakes. Everyone makes draft pick mistakes and stuff like that. Yes, I, I get it, but, but that's your job. Right. It's not my job. Right. Right? So, right. like, you, you know, you got to do better. Need better. So I, I, that's all I want to see, and I'm, I'm pulling for him. I want, I want some of these draft picks to work out, back end picks, of course. You know, let us find a George Kittle in the fifth round. You know, um, stuff like that. I want these free agent uh, acquisitions to work out. I mean, uh, especially you know the ones from two years ago. I, I think more this year. It's probably more Sean Payton's doing. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be evaluating him more, I think, when it comes to, uh, you know, like Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. I mean, yes. wouldn't you say yes. oh, yeah. that you're putting that more on Sean Payton than George Payton? But, hey, how about the year before? And how about the draft pick? So, you know, he's he's on his third coach year. You know, and even when you said that, it, it kind of struck me. Of like, I don't, because I still think of George Payton as relatively new. Right. But you are, you are on your third NFL coach. And, yeah, you inherited Vic. Right. But yep. you also said he was part of the reason you took the job, which, you know, whatever. Yeah, um that, but. but but Nathaniel Hackett is the biggest demerit on his report card. Like you 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 went all in with Nathaniel Hackett, and he was the uh, fifth coach since 1980 to not make it for the, through his first season. And I'll tell you what, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? Mm-mm. Holy moly! Watching Nathaniel Hackett in front of the offensive uh, room. Mm-hmm. What? Talk to me. There is such a lack of believability with Hackett. Oh, no. He is doing the same stuff that he did in Green Bay and did in Denver yeah. and is doing it there. And the looks on those guys' faces, Stoke, no joke. It's like you you, you, you lack that um, your, your over-the-top fun isn't resonating the same way because you don't have pelts on the NFL wall. Right. And I'm looking at a group of young men professionals who are looking at him like, and he's asking them to, you know what he had up on the screen? Tugalicious. Tug Oh-licious. All spinners. Like, this is what we're looking for. He's like, did you guys know that there's a guy's full-time job in the NFL, and he sits over a red button, and when we get in the end zone, you know what he gets to do? He gets to press the button, and the fireworks go off. How do I get that job? I want that job. He's like trying to make everyone laugh. Oh, I'm no. like, oh, my gosh, dude, you sound you sound oh, like no. a clown. And I don't mean to that's call we, names, but you sound. Hired yeah. Because yes. of those videos. Yes. Like, look at him. He makes he makes football fun. Stoke, wait, oh, no. wait till you see wow. the, the latest episode of Hard Knocks, and I'm looking at the at the Jets players, and they're like laughing a little bit, and he's like, no, no, the red zone. Is that the red zone? That's the gold zone. And it's just like, oh, dude, you're going to that same bag of tricks. But yeah. after the Denver experience, all those guys saw, and you're and you're doing the same stuff, and. Um, you know, he had he had a little video how we should be celebrating together, like guys should when they score a touchdown celebrate with one another. And I could I could I could appreciate where he was coming from because he's actually showing a guy who was doing a dance, and he's got all his teammates now are standing around watching him. And then when he's done dancing, he just takes off, and all the guys are like, oh, so he was like right. making an example out of that sure. guy. Like, you know, I, right. I liked that. Yeah, but there was so much uh, fluff and just cotton candy. Uh, it just I just. I'm fading the Jets this year. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm fading the New he York still Jets. Still has Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah, yes, he does. And what's how was how was Aaron Rodgers last year? What's the number? Nine and a half. And it's nine and a half for a reason. You'd think it'd be a little bit higher with that defense and Aaron yeah. Rodgers, right? I mean, they won what uh, like how many games they won last year? 
They were pretty good there for a while. Seven, uh, eight. I think now I'll, I'll pull it okay. up here. But 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 this assumption that like this is going to be an add water and stir. There is so not, so much newness. Aaron Rodgers was not very good a season ago with a really really awesome roster in Green Bay. Nathaniel like Salah's a defensive guy. And Hackett is and, and Aaron are kind of like co-CEOs of the offense. Right. And I just really – football is so hard. And if there's something that you've taught me over the last six years is just how hard this game is. And the assumption that you're going to roll out in the AFC East right. and just be 10, 11 wins, uh-uh. It's not going to – and by the way, what's the weakest portion of the New York Jets? That offensive line. It's a bottom five offensive line. And Tom Brady has tricked the football public thinking that you can play to your 40 and it's normal. Oh. Don't be shocked if that thing comes oh. crashing down this season. Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers. Down on CU football, down on the New York Jets this year, under on both. Okay. And, and, and what do both have in common? Toot, toot. Hype train. Oh, hype train. Hype train. Yes. I learned my lesson a year ago. Okay. Fade the hype train. It doesn't, it doesn't, once we start playing football, it's time to separate the wheat from the chaff. Okay. Who's real, who's not. I like it. I'm fading the Jets. Okay. All right. um, Back to business here. Wow. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. No, that was good. Um, Here's a little bit more uh, from George Payton yesterday talking about why Albert O didn't make the team and why an undrafted rookie like Nate Atkins did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's Atkins versus Albert O. I mean, we have four tight ends we really like, and they all fit exactly what we're doing. They all have their roles, their defined roles. Um, so it really wasn't one versus Albert. Yeah, Atkins, I mean, Sean just spoke about it, the versatility, the toughness, the smarts. He's a football player. He's a guy we had targeted throughout the process, just like Jaleel. Um, we, were, we almost drafted him. Um, just didn't fall. We didn't have a lot of picks, but we were really fortunate to get him. Uh, as an undrafted free agent. He's been everything we thought. And we had him in on the top 30. Uh, Love the visit. I mean, he's got a great mind. Um, he can do a lot of different things. He's a coach's dream just because he can do so many different things, play special teams as well. Okay. Um, I like that. I mean, got me fired up about um, Atkins. So, um, rookie out of South Carolina, 24 yeah. years old, 6'3", 250. Yeah, and so... You know, I, I, I believe him. You know, it's, it wasn't between Albert O and, yo, it wasn't between Albert O and, um, and, and, and Nate Atkins. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think because Albert O was gone regardless because they would have picked someone else up. You sure. see, they, they just sure. didn't value. That's, that's what they say. Hey, you're, you're competing against everybody, uh, all these other Titans that are going to get released. And I, I think that was a, the, um, I believe that. But I think you look, you look at Atkins or whatever and, all right, this is a young guy, okay, that you brought in here and you're excited about. Albert O, you already have the book. Yeah, you know who he's going to be. You know who he's been. And so it's like, okay, this is the NFL. It's time to try. It's just not good enough. And we're hoping this Atkins guy can be better than Albert O, right? And so that's where you're at. And um, so, all right, we'll, we'll evaluate him and see what it looks like. I don't know if I'm expecting a whole lot from him, you know, in year one when you got – Troutman and Dolchitz in front of him, and then man hurts also. But at the at the same time, injury happens. You yep. just you just never quite know. Uh, but all right, a guy that you know we didn't we haven't talked a lot about. No, that I like what I hear. Yeah, and and just a, a very a brief lowdown on Nate Atkins. Um, he uh, played at South Carolina, but only for one year in the SEC. He was playing at um, uh, East East Tennessee State. 
All right, and he uh, transferred his final year. He was a, a, a two-time All-Southern Conference at Eastern Tennis, uh, Tennessee State. Um, so, but he received injury. I'll tell you this. Then this might put a little pop of optimism. He chose Sarah, uh, South Carolina, but he was recruited by both Alabama and LSU in that final year after he was leaving uh, East Tennessee State. Okay. So, um, and his his father uh, was uh, South Carolina's offensive line coach, was one of the reasons he picked South Carolina over a team like Alabama or LSU. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing, quite simply, he plays special teams. Like, and I heard Stink say this this morning. He's like, think about what we're talking about with Alberto. He's going into year four. He doesn't block and doesn't play special teams. Well, that's what I said yesterday. Why are you giving Stink credit? I said that yesterday. Stink must have been listening. He repurposed it. Did he give me credit? You're not giving me. No one wants to give me any damn credit anymore. I said that yesterday. Yes. To James. Yes, you did. I know I did. did. But then you want to say, Stink said, look, Stink was a great quote, man. I I never heard this before. Like, what? I said it yesterday. Late to the party, Stink. Oh, Our listeners gosh. get it first. <laughs> and then Zach still wants to pump up Stink. Oh, my god! You just want to work with Stink? <laughs> All right, here's a little bit more uh, from George Payton, Broncos general manager, uh, talking about um, learning and working with Sean Payton over uh, the last month or so. Oh, I mean, Sean, um, that's a good question. I mean, very process-oriented. He loves the process, whether it's coaching. um, He loves the process of personnel. He's got a great mind for it. So, I mean, you can get stuck, not stuck, but he and I can talk personnel for an hour, you know, and it feels like five minutes. But um, he loves, he'll love this process tonight, our process. He loved the draft, uh, free agency. Um, One of those unique coaches has a great feel for both ends. And so it's, it's really been fun to work with him. I mean, he could have been talking about Vic or Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, just same, you know, this is all the same stuff that we've heard. So I just roll my eyes. Okay, whatever. Let's move on. Did you hear the start of it, though? It's like, what's been, what's been, like, work for saying? He's like, he, he literally, Kev, just to, get ready to play just to start again. He's like, oh, oh, Sean. <laughs> Listen to this. Oh, I mean, Sean, um, that's a good question. I'm very <laughs> process-oriented. That's enough. That's enough. So, um, Look, I've been saying for months, I think this is George Payton's last year with Denver. Um, I, I just think the writing's on the wall. Um, George is going to do whatever Sean wants to do because Sean is running that program. And I think Sean can get someone else to do what George does without making the worst trade in NFL history and having the quarterback be his new quarterback. I just think there's too much toothpaste out of the tube to put back in, and he can talk about, Hey, we're such you know collaboration, and you know we work together, and you know he's a unique coach, and I just, I just still can't like look past the graveyard at 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 the prairie. It's just there's it's just there's too much has happened here, and um, I think this is w- one of the final uh, cycles of of George Payton here in Denver. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, <clears throat> Do you think anything can happen to save it for him, or do you think it's 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 done? I mean, what happens if Russ plays was, good, solid say, football? Russ, not well. It'd have to be very, very solid. I mean, okay, you'd good, have to be good, a, solid. Not I, I, he'd have to enough. be. He, it, it would have to be Russell Wilson, like a minus B plus football, which should be you know twenty seven touchdowns, uh, seven eight interceptions. The Broncos are winning at bare minimum, at bare minimum. 
Russ goes from winning four games a year ago to, to being healthy through the whole season. I mean, let's let's start there. I don't I don't think Russell can afford being hurt for a third year in a row. Um, I think that'd be a huge huge knock against him that goes into the evaluation because it's football. Well, what happens if Russ say misses three games? He has like a baby hammy like you, okay. um, and or you know lat. Yep. Pops up again. Something happened. He misses three Which games. Which he had both of those injuries last year. Right. That's why I said it. Okay. Um, we'll throw it a concussion, uh, too. No, I don't want to go there. We're going to stay away from okay. that. Um, right. It's 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 a baby hammy. He misses, you know, let's say three games, maybe four. But, but the other, you know, 12, 13 games, he plays, you know, pretty dang good football. I mean, you're going to keep him, right? And the, if he plays at 12 games and he's 8-4? Can you be six and five and be convinced with time, with injury time? I, I like, and, and that's a good example because that that could realistically happen. You miss four games and you play twelve, and or I guess that would be missing. Yeah, you play yeah, you play thirteen, and you are seven and six. That's not good enough. I think it would have to be. That's not good enough. Really, eight, eight and five, seven and six from where we've been. That's not good enough. Not for Sean Payton. Oh, Sean Payton hasn't walked in our shoes. Oh. Sean Payton's had a top 10 offense in uh, 10 of the 16 years that he was coaching the Saints. I don't think one game over 500 is going to get his rocks off. Like, uh, he's, he's, here to, he's here to win and be a playoff team. And, like, uh, you know, th- this idea that his number one objective is to fix Russ, I don't think that's the case. I think his number one objective is to fix the Broncos. And if Russ proves that he's along for that ride, well, then... Well, well, well like... I mean, but Sean Payton's not a dum dumb. He realizes how hard it is to find a quarterback, right? So, like, does he want to go down that road, or would he rather? I mean, like, that's a good start, seven and six. Where we've been, like, okay. I mean, I think he's smart enough to realize that. Okay, I I, I don't mind going down this road at least one more year with Russ, and let's see if we can continue to you know maybe get better and and improve on that seven and six record that he had, but. Man, if you just kind of just go, we're done with Russ, and then you're out there. I mean, what is out there? Like, we don't know the unknown of not having a quarterback. I don't know. That's a little bit scary. And I, I think even a guy like Sean Payton, who obviously is very confident in himself, yes, right? That very he much can, so. That he can, um, you know, figure out the quarterback situation. I think even, like, a guy like that would be a little bit nervous about moving on from a quarterback that was 7-6. and six. But – if he knows in his heart of hearts that Russ isn't the guy to take him and the Broncos where they need to go, I think he would rather go down the, the road of the unknown than locking himself in to a known that's just good enough to win more game, well, one more game than, than he lost. Okay, and, that, that, and that's fair. And that's a, that's a, you know, that might be the way that he looks at it. It's going to be interesting to see. And, and, and here's my other thing. You said Sean Payton knows what it's like to not have, you know, a quarterback. Does he? Ooh. Does he? When you have had well, something, didn't he have so, Jameis? He did. Didn't he have Taysom Hill. You know, he he went down that and road. Teddy. And Teddy, and, right? And and they all played their best football for him. So Sean actually hasn't lived in purgatory without a quarterback. In fact, when he's had second-rate quarterbacks, he's gotten the best of them. And I think there may just be the, just the natural confidence in him that, like, if if Russ doesn't win him over, I think Russ has got to win him over. I do. I think Russ has to win Sean Payton over. And I think Sean has assurances before he ever took this job that he'd be able to move on if Russ wasn't up to snuff. And I think up to snuff doesn't mean one game over 500. Well, I don't I don't think, um, 
you know, I, I, I just don't like. I don't think there need to be insurances. Assurances to Sean. I think, I think when you look at you know the the ownership group here, I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, they would ever give like Sean any kind of pushback or any like if he doesn't play well, they're like go, yes, yes you know, yeah. let's move on. I think yeah. they're on the the front of that line of saying bye, Russ. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think it's a um, uh, a ownership group or, or situation where you know they're they're pinching pennies or worried about you know what they put into it. So no, I was thinking the opposite. Yeah, that like like Sean had a shirt that had to come up in the in the interview process. Like, hey guys, I I know. You know, hey, I know you guys aren't the biggest football people, but you have eyes. This went really bad this last year. If it goes bad again, do we have the flexibility to move on? Yes. And it's yes, like, gotcha. yes, yeah, yeah, we do. And and therefore, that's like, okay, now I feel more comfortable taking this job because if we're locked into this guy for years to come because the contract is a contract or at least two or three more years, I think Denver becomes increasingly less desirable for for him to take. Certainly, certainly. Very, very um – you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see and evaluate, uh, Russ. Hopefully, we get a clear picture. You know, hopefully the waters aren't muddied. It's like, oh, I don't know. What should we do here? What does that look like? What does muddied waters look like? Yeah. Um, you know, winning eight games, um, playing better than last year, uh, staying, you know, relatively healthy the whole year, and, you know, um, that – just looking better than what it was last year and giving us some hope and optimism that if we continue this, you know, it might be better the following year. I think that's kind of what it might look like where some people would say, time to move on. Let's just start over and try to find And some people say, no, give this thing one more opportunity. Man, this is, um, I mean, we're striking a chord with, like, the biggest theme of the season. Yeah. It, it, like it's not. I think the biggest theme of the season is not. You know, can the Denver Broncos get back to you know the playoffs? I, I you know if that happens, well, we will all welcome it. I think the biggest theme of the season is is um, is Russ here for the long haul. You know, and, and can Sean Payton quote on quote unquote fix Russell? We're uh, speaking of fix. We're we're fixing to find out. Yes, we are. Um... What do we got? Week and a half? What's yeah. Today? Wednesday? Week and a half. Yeah. You know, it's going to be game time against the Raiders and at home. That's that's a, that's a cool opener uh, to, to open up with at home and against the Raiders divisional rivalry of uh, game and, you know, Sean Payton's first game. So I love it. Can't wait for it. It's, it's right around the corner. So we're about to start getting some answers to these questions. Yep. I absolutely love it. All right. We're live here at Saddle Rock uh, Golf Course, spectacular championship golf course, incredible views of Pikes Peak and the Rockies. Uh, got a bunch of love uh, from Golf Digest, and if you've been out here, you know why. Uh, elevation changes on the front nine, multiple creek crossings on the back nine. It just offers a unique and compelling golf experience. Uh, and then also, after you're done, don't forget the 19th hole at the Saddle Rock Grill. We're having lunch here between the breaks. It is phenomenal. Get the burger. That burger is mm. phenomenal. So great views, excellent food. Add that with the golf. It's just a great place to have your round and have some food after. You can book your tea time at golfaurora.com. What was the Broncos' leadership saying about one of the more controversial roster moves heading into the season? We'll discuss coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.
was Broncos leadership saying about one of the more controversial roster moves heading into the season? As controversial as a uh, kicking cut and kicking competition, and then a trade for a kicker can be, that's what uh, this entire Brandon McManus to Brett Maher competing with Elliot Fry, and then both of those guys not on the roster and actually trading for longtime Saints kicker Will Lutz. We'll hear from uh, Sean Payton and George Payton here in a second on Lutz. But I'm curious, you you were having a conversation with um, your uh, 18-year-old? Is he still 18 or is he 19? 19? God 19. almighty. Uh, he's, a, he's a sharp sports fan. Uh, your son Cameron is. And I'm curious what he brought to your attention that had you uh, had the wheels turning. Yeah, I, I, so la- talking to him last night, and and he, he did he brought up this one point here that uh, we haven't talked about, and that's Will Lutz has been kicking indoors, indoors at home. <clears throat> so that's at least eight games a year, right? And then you, you then you throw one more in there because who else is it in their division? It's the Falcons, mm-hmm. who you know. So he kicks indoors there. We don't have a dome over our stadium. When we have some some tough conditions sometimes, wind, you know, snow, uh, stuff like that. How will he perform in those elements, right? And that's just a point that I, I don't know. He might be great, but we it's just something w- that we didn't bring up yesterday. I was like, "Huh, that's a very good point. He's been a kicker that has kicked in perfect conditions, you know, pretty much his whole career, I guess, right? Has he kicked for any other teams? Uh, pulling it up here, I don't believe he has. I know he was with New Orleans for, I mean, close to uh, a half a decade there. Um, that is a really... He's been with the Saints his whole career. Yeah, since 2016, it looks like. So, yeah, you're right. Um, gosh, what would that be like? So half of his games are at home. Half of them at home. And then another one per year with Atlanta. Yep. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about, you know, every single year more than half of your opportunities are coming indoors. That's a fantastic point by Cameron. I didn't yeah, think of it. But look, he's, he's kicked outside. He's kicked in elements, right? So, But, but certainly he hasn't do, had to do that as consistently as he will now. Yeah, and, and that's our kicker, and that's who we're going with. So we'll see. We'll evaluate it. But it was just something that, like I said, uh, I hadn't thought about. But it's it ought to. I think it it should be brought up in uh, when you're evaluating this move Absolutely. by the Broncos. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder if that was discussed at all. Uh, what would you think? Like, hey, Sean, it, do you think anyone would be like Sean? Man, if you're if the, if everything is about this, I'd be pretty disappointed if it wasn't brought up. But who's going to bring it up? Who's going to bring it up, Zach? George? Yeah. Do you think he would? Man, if we're to the point where he's walking on eggshells so much that he wouldn't bring up a natural element that's at play, he's even more emasculated as a general manager than you could ever imagine. Well, uh, if it, what would it matter? Would it matter? Yes. You should talk about everything. When you're building your roster, the fact that he kicks inside as opposed to outside, if that wasn't brought up, that'd be pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know, you know, if if you're George Payton do you, do, and Sean Payton says, hey, let's go get that Lutz guy. Love him. Was with him for, you know, six years. The guy's got heart. He can make some clutch kicks for us. If he becomes available, I want him. Can that be George? So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sean, uh, of course, I mean, Will Lutz has been a pro's pro in this league. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we can definitely look into it. Um, did you know? Perfect. Ha, have you Just seen? Just make that happen, George. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
I'm going to try on some new Jordans. I just got just got a shipment of Jordans. I'm going to try those on. Thanks a lot, George. No, but, Make that happen. Call me when it happens. But, I can't wait. But Coach, I love it. His percentage has dropped for four years in a row. That's it. Bam. So, door slams. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's just how it's going to work, Zach, right there. Like, I, like at, at, at the end of the day, you got to realize where your bread is buttered, right? And so if you are if you are George Payton like, and, and your coach comes to you and he says he wants Will Lutz, um, then you just say, okay, right? That's like, you know, Peyton Manning telling me, hey, I want this route at 12. Not at 10, not at 13, not at 14. I want it at 12, and I want you to come out of the break this way. I, am I, am I going to sit there and, and, and ask him questions about why and this? No, no, no. It's like, okay, perfect. That's what I'm going to do. But the problem is that in that traditional structure, the quarterback would kind of be your boss. In the classic traditional structure, the general manager is the boss of building the roster. And the fact right. and the fact that like this is this this is why I've been steadfast in saying I think this is George Payton's last year. Because if you can't give healthy pushback, look that relationship should have a healthy amount of just like um, give and take a yeah, little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, give and take. Not arguing, but like like you, who who's gonna hold you more accountable in your wife uh, in your life than your wife? Probably not many people, but that's like your closest partnership there. You should have that healthy uh, disagreement, that healthy accountability. And if George Payton is to the point where he can't bring just fundamental football stuff up without getting the door slammed in his face, then this thing is you know, too far gone anyway. Yeah, and I did. And they probably do I know have you're that. joking. Yes, but they probably do have that type of relationship. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Sean. You know he's he's calling the shots, he right? Is. And he is. so, uh, hopefully, they have that that type of uh, give and take and conversation. I, I I bet they do. You know, Sean Sean Payton and his GM in New Orleans are tight still, right? I mean, they're still good buddies, Mickey Loomis. Yep. So, I, I'm sure they have that kind of those kind of conversations all the time. I hope they do, but you never know. You never, you never know. quite know, no. right? Uh, so. We'll here, see. Here, here's a little see bit. what it looks like, but I think it's an interesting dynamic and also something that, you know, we need to watch with with a guy like Will Lutz because he has kicked at home indoors his whole career. It's a, it's a valuable point. Uh, here is Sean Payton when asked how will Lutz fit in uh, with where is this? This might be George. This is okay. There, Sean Payton. This is Sean Payton. How Lutz will fit in with the Broncos. I think I think he'll fit in fine. At the beginning of the whole process, he was a target for us. We knew they had two players. Meanwhile, our guy was doing well. You know, I was there through the whole beginning with Will, and then, you know, he went through a core muscle injury, much like Riley's going through right now. Um, obviously, his numbers dropped off a little bit. You know, he had a really good training camp for them. We, we've seen all of his kicks and got pretty good information on how his practices went. So a lot of it was, you know, a young player who, you know, we think is extremely talented. And, look, this is a place kickers want to be with the altitude and the conditions. So, you know, we're, we're excited about that. How'd they get the practice info? I was just going to go there. there. You got, Sean, that, got, you got that deep that, state. Yeah. <laughs> you got that deep state. <laughs> Calling in some favors. Like, hey, how's he looking at practice? Yeah. Got that Kevin Kisner down there giving him a practice updates on the kickers. Wow. How about, How about that? that? How about that? Um, all right. Very, very uh, interesting there. Um, but did, did he just say Riley Dixon had a core muscle surgery? No, he's talking about Will. That was Will Lutz. But he said kind of like uh, uh, Riley oh, like Dixon. Oh, Didn't oh. Didn't he? 
I, I mean, what, did Dixon have it before? Does he have it now? Like, I, I heard like him comparing that to Riley Dixon. Interesting injury, but I, I don't know. What, so, whatever. so, so, Will Lutz missed the entire twenty-one season with a core muscle injury, and then in twenty-two kicked the worst percentage of his career. So, just so we're all on the same page with this, he has his percentage from uh, his field goal percentage has gone down for three straight years. Uh, that's just factual information, but. In one of the years is missing, 2021, he didn't kick at all. So it's gotten, it's deteriorated, but in the last two years, it's been the worst of it. Injured for a whole season and then capping it off last year with the worst percentage of his career, lower than Brandon McManus, a guy that wasn't good enough to keep around, so they moved on from. Uh, here is more from George Payton on Will Lutz. Yeah, I mean, Sean knows him well. Westoff uh, knows him well. I've always you know, played against him when I was with the Vikings. His first five years were really good, um, upper 80 percentage. You know, and then he, got, he had the injury down a little bit in 22. And then in training camp, you know, he was one of – we targeted four or five teams and targeted him. At, he was 4-4. Four four. He's got a big leg. He's got the right mind. Um, they obviously have um, knowledge of what he's like. And, and so – we felt like it was the right move. Uh, Brett Maher did an outstanding job. I feel he should be cooking in this league. Okay. All right. Here we go. I mean, we're off to the races with Will Lutz. It's going to be a subplot of the 2023 season. Yeah, you made a good point yesterday talking about Lutz. And, um, you know, like he didn't miss a kick this preseason, right? That's what you said. And, yeah. and the Saints are still willing to move on from him. That, that's kind of odd. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully he can get things back on track. But. Um, obviously, it's something that uh, you know we'll be talking a lot about because the NFL comes down to field goal bait, field goal miss league. I mean, that's just what it is. So we'll see. We'll be evaluating it weekly. And now we have two kickers to keep our eye on. That's right, Brandon McManus and Brett Maher, yes. who just got picked up by Rams. the Rams. Who got to see him right up close? How about that um, for a few days here when they were doing joint practices? Very interesting. Subplots abound here uh, in Broncos country in 2023. Okay, here's a, a fundamental question to ask. Uh, what are your thoughts about Van, Vance Joseph's defense following the entire preseason? And what's the latest on Baron Browning's status? All of that is coming up next. Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. talking about subplots of the Denver Broncos season because we were talking about the kicker and now we got multiple kickers to keep our eyes on McManus and Brett Maher who just got picked up uh, by the Rams earlier this morning and now Will Lutz in the fold it has been a kicking carousel uh, to start the Broncos preseason we said that's a subplot but another subplot to this year Stoke is Vance Joseph back in the mix as the Broncos defensive coordinator I'm curious now that the preseason is in the rearview mirror, um, let's review it real quick. Uh, 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 Vance Joseph's uh, uh, defense, the first preseason game, gave up just three points in the first three quarters uh, before giving up 15 in the final quarter. Uh, in the second game, VJ's defense gave up just nine points in the first three quarters and then a big fourth quarter of 12 points. 
And then in the third and final preseason game, VJ's defense didn't give up a single point. So just three points in the first three quarters in game number one, nine points in the first three quarters in game number two, zero points for the entire game in uh, preseason game number three. All right. Um, let's see what it looks like in real games, you know, when you got to play for four quarters. That's kind of where I'm at uh, with this defense. They kind of they gave up uh, the, the late touchdown there to Arizona. And I know that wasn't the starters, right? Uh, but, you know, I, I, I was a little bit critical of Sean Payton in that situation. Um, and Vance Joseph, you guys got to play the right defense. And then and Sean should have called a timeout in that situation and made sure everybody knew what was going on. And I would have hit my under for the game. and would have <laughs> lost my under for the that game. That thing should have been an absolute uh, lot. Yes, uh, yes. So, no, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like. Pulling for Vance. Uh, I think, you know, when we hear him – do his press conferences, and um, I mean, he sounds he sounds like um, you know a, a different coach, a different coach. Yeah, I think he's grown over the last what three four years, and I'm excited about seeing w- what he can do here. Uh, I and I hope he does a, a great job. Obviously, um, this defense has kind of been the strength of this football team it over has. the last five six years. Yep. So we'll see what it looks like. Zach, how about you? I mean, are you optimistic about this? Are you nervous about uh, this defense? I, and and what, what what are your thoughts on Vance? I, I am more optimistic about this defense than I was uh, uh, six weeks ago. That's for sure. Um, I think we we're both kind of on the same page of like this, this group could take a step back this season. And I don't know if I still feel that way. No, I don't still feel that way. I still actually think this is the strength of this football team. Despite Sean Payton being in the fold, um, I still think it's going to be the defense. And from a talent standpoint, I think we might be maybe overrating the Broncos' offensive talent a little bit. But I think we might be underrating the Broncos' defensive talent. Like Frank Clark, DJ Jones, Zach Allen. Like, those are dudes. Alex Singleton, top five in tackles a year ago. Josie Jewell coming off a rock-solid year. Randy Gregory, healthy going into the season. I, I, I know I'm asking for lightning to strike, but I feel optimistic about what I've seen from Randy Gregory. The Broncos have a top three corner in the league, and he's not three in PS2. Uh, Justin Simmons, all pro. Uh, Damari Mathis, I thought, was good in the preseason. So I, I, I feel pretty good about the Broncos' defense. I don't know if I feel good about the depth of it, Um but how many defenses do you feel great about the depth around the National Football League? Right. It's like, you know, offensive line. Yeah. Everybody's looking for, you know, uh, good depth there on their offensive line. No one feels great about their depth on the offensive line. Um, I think the one area of concern when you're talking about the defense for me is stopping the run. And guess what? Probably going to see it a lot in that first game. Josh Jacobs, the Raiders. Uh, I don't. I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to try to throw the ball, you know, forty-five, fifty times a game. You're going to lean on Josh Jacobs. You're going to lean on that running game and test that rush defense. See if you can control the clock and um, you know control the game that way. So I, I think you'll be able to. You're going to get a good test first week. I mean, we've seen Josh Jacobs just he's a Broncos man, manhandle us, right? Exactly. So I think you're going to get uh, a heavy dose of that, and 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 we'll we'll get to be able to evaluate that early on. But that's I think that's my big area of concern. But and and also uh, the pass rush. I still I'm still I look I'm not, I'm not going to let you know uh, a few practices of watching Nick Benito you know beat. Mike McGlinchey or Garrett Bowles make me think that all of a sudden we got a you know top three uh, pass uh, rushing um, 
rushers on our on our football team, right? I, I think like okay, let me see you do it in a football game when it matters the most. And and Randy Gregory's got to stay healthy. And so like I, that that to me, especially in this uh, division with Mahomes and Herbert, where you know those guys can throw it around the yard. Uh, is still a concern. Yeah, and those are fair concerns. And I, I'm not here to, to, you know, put my foot in the ground and give you a pushback on that. It's just uh, a concern. Just, yeah. You know, it's just, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I just want to see them and see what it looks like and see if they can get it done, you know, in the fourth quarter when it matters the most. Yeah. What do you feel better about? The Broncos' defensive line or the Broncos' offensive line? Broncos' defensive line. I don't, I, I mean, I, I luck. I don't feel good at all about this offensive line. So, I mean, how could you? I, I look, I, you tell me, do I feel better about Zach Allen or Ben Powers? I mean, I, I feel much better about Zach Allen. How about DJ Jones or Garrett Bowles? I mean, you know, like, I, I think it's pretty simple, but am I, are you, no. where are you at? That, that, that's why I asked the question, because it's pretty easy to answer. Okay. And, that, and, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Uh, you know, it would be healthier if it was there was some debate involved here. Um, maybe it'll flip during the season. It could. Maybe it'll flip with, with with an impactful running game with Sean Payton scheming it up and not just running a, you know, base offense. Um, you know, maybe he can, uh, you know, put some sugar on it that, that we didn't see in the preseason. But Yeah, and, and if you can establish the run, you know, everything, uh, that, that, that helps these offensive linemen out a lot, right? And it makes defenses and, and these defenders, like, you know, not, not be able to pin their ears back and, and get up the f- a football field trying to, you know, hit Russell every single play. Yeah. And, and obviously that helps the line out. So it's um, – I think that's, that's going to go a long way in determining how we view this offensive line at the end of the season is how well they're able to run the football. Yep, no doubt. Uh, b- back to the uh, defense real quick. Do you feel better about this Broncos defense than you did six weeks ago? Yes, I feel better. I do. Okay. All right. Um, we are hanging out live at Saddle Rock Golf Course. Spectacular championship course. Incredible views of Pikes Peak and the Rockies. Golf Digest receiving range. Excellent uh, putting uh, practice area. They have a practice chipping area. Uh, and then when you play, you got elevation changes on the front nine, multiple creek crossings on the back nine. It's just a unique uh, golf experience. Uh, and if you're looking to challenge your game, 7,300 yards from the tips. Thank goodness uh, for me, they do offer five other tees to choose from. Uh, they also have a brand new fleet of golf carts. And after you're done, don't forget the 19th hole at the Saddle Rock Grill. You can book your tee time at golfaurora.com. And by the way, if you don't have any plans on the, that first uh, uh, Monday in the football season, New York against Buffalo at the Saddle Rock Grill, they're going to have all sorts of uh, specials for you. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So if you don't have any plans for that first Monday night football game uh, against uh, Buffalo and New York, you're going to want to come out to the Saddle Rock Grill. It's going to be a fantastic time. All right. The Broncos did not play a game yesterday and still managed to set a franchise record. How? We'll fill you in with details next.